0: Persistent Pulmonary Hypertension of the Newborn, Pathophysiology, by Dr. Andrea Moscatelli.
1: Hello, my name is Andrea Moscatelli, and I'm director of the Neonatal and Pediatric Intensive Care Unit at Caslini Children's Hospital. In this video, we will address the pathophysiology and the treatment of persistent pulmonary hypertension of the newborn, or PPHN. We'll start with a brief review of the pathophysiology of transition circulation and PPHN, because it is extremely important to plan the treatment of a baby with pulmonary hypertension. During fetal life, pulmonary vascular resistance is high. And most of the oxygenated blood coming uh, um, from the placenta to the right atrium is diverted towards the foramen ovale and the ductus arteriosus into the systemic circulation. Uh, The fetus has a a low content of oxygen in blood with a saturation which is about 60 and a PaO2 of 20. Nevertheless, it is is able to uh, maintain a good uh, delivery of oxygen to tissues because both the ventricle are working in parallel towards the systemic circulation. During fetal life, pulmonary vascular resistance is high because the lungs are not ventilated, but also because there is a relative excess of vasoconstricting agents like endothelin and thromboxane respect to the vasodilating agents. The main vasodilating agents are nitric oxide and prostacyclines. Nitric oxide increases the levels of CGMP, while uh, the prostacyclines increase the levels of CAMP into the smooth muscle cells. GMP is metabolized by the phosphodiesterases type 5, while CAMP is metabolized by phosphodiesterases type 3. And with the increase in CGMP and CAMP, nitric oxide and prostaglandins are able to relax the pulmonary vasculature. During uh, the transition at birth, there is a rapid fall in uh, pulmonary vascular resistance with an increase uh, in flow of 10 folds. Uh, This is due to the fact that the lungs become distended, uh, but also because the rhythmic respiration, the increased oxygen tension in blood, and the increase of flow uh, through through the lungs with the increase in shear stress would stimulate the production of nitric oxide and prostaglandins. And they also activate um, potassium channels, which have uh, a direct vasodilatory effect on the pulmonary vessels. During uh, a normal transition, we have an increase in flow uh, through the lungs. Uh, and uh, because the increase in systemic pressures after the separation from the placenta, we have the closure of the foramen ovale, and the increase in oxygen content in blood would lead to the constriction of ductus arteriosus. So now, uh, the delivery of oxygen to uh, the peripheral tissues is mainly uh, dependent, on the oxygen content of blood respect to the cardiac output, because the right and the left ventricle are now working in series, and there is a slight decrease uh, in the cardiac output uh, of the newborn. The last step uh, in this uh, adaptive process is vascular remodeling, uh, which takes place in the first week of life with uh, a reduction in the thickness of uh, the muscular layer of the pulmonary vessels, with a further decrease in pulmonary vascular resistance. In the PPHN, uh, we have the persistence of high pulmonary vascular resistance uh, with uh, a right-to-left shunt towards uh, the foramen ovale and the ductus arteriosus. So. Uh, the baby enters this vicious cycle of hypoxia, where hypoxia, hypercapnia, acidosis, and cold are triggering pulmonary vas- vasoconstriction with increase in the pulmonary vascular resistance and right-to-left shunt, auto-maintaining hypoxia. PPHN is affecting 2 of 1,000 live-born to an infants, and it is complicating 10% of neonatal respiratory failures at term. Uh, With a 5 to 10% mortality despite adequate therapy, and 25% of newborns with moderate to severe uh, impaired neurological development. The main cause of PPHN is meconium aspiration syndrome, followed by primary PPHN, RDS, and pneumonia, sepsis, and lung hypoplasia. So, we might have an abnormal constriction of normally developed vessels, like in parenchymal diseases, but we can also have a normal parenchyma with abnormal muscularization of the pulmonary vessels, which happens to be the case of idiopathic PPHN, which has been associated with uh, the closure in utero of the ductus arteriosus or uh, to the mater- with the maternal therapy uh, with a serotonin reuptake inhibitors. The last cause of uh, pulmonary hypertension could be lung hypoplasia and CDH, where we have a reduction in the close- cross-sectional area of the pulmonary vessels. All these conditions share a certain amount of vascular remodeling. With an increase in thickness of the medial layer of the pulmonary vessels and an extension of the muscularization into at the, the intra level, uh, this is the case of idiopathic PPHN, uh, where the substrate of pulmonary hypertension is related to vascular. Anomalies, and it is also uh, been uh, it has also been described in congenital diaphragmatic hernia. While in parenchymal diseases, the substrate for pulmonary hypertension is mainly functional, and there is a less extent of uh, pathologic vascular remodeling and muscularization. Uh, we can have an increase in the pulmonary pressure just because there is an increase of flow through the lungs, even if uh, uh, the resistance, uh, the vascular resistance of the pulmonary vessels is normal. This can happen in in cases of pulmonary overflow, which we might see uh, in patients with VST, large ventricular septal defects, or in babies with a large pattern ductus arteriosus. Another cause of increase in the pulmonary pressure uh, is related to the increase of the pressures in the left atrium, uh, which is usually associated to an obstruction to the inflow of the left ventricle, like in mitral stenosis, or can be associated with uh, a dysfunction of the left ventricle. In this case, the only way to reduce the pulmonary pressure is to fix the mitral stenosis or to sustain uh, the contractile function of the left ventricle, uh, thus improving its, uh, its function. A condition that should be always excluded in a baby with PPHN is an obstructed total anomalous pulmonary venous return.
0: Point of clarification. Total anomalous pulmonary venous return, TAPVR, refers to heart defects in which none of the pulmonary veins are connected to the left atrium, instead connecting to other systemic veins or chambers of the heart. In obstructive TAPVR, pulmonary venous drainage is also obstructed or narrowed, making it difficult for blood to return from the lungs to the heart.
1: Such babies, they they present at birth in shock with Pulmonary edema uh, with uh, uh, a right-to-left shunt towards the ductus uh, arteriosus uh, and a severe pulmonary hypertension, and uh, an obstructive TAPVR can be excluded if we can demonstrate with cardiac echo the presence of, the, of at least three of the venous returns to the left atrium. So. If we put everything uh, into practice, uh, we can uh, go through, the ca- through a real case. Uh, we have a 41 weeks gestational age baby who was delivered by cesarean section because of acute fetal distress during labor. The amniotic fluid w- was stained with meconium, and the baby has been resuscitated at birth. Uh, on ICU admission, she was uh, extremely desaturated with uh, hypertension, a capillary refill of more than seven seconds, and uh, a severe respiratory and metabolic uh, acidosis. Uh, thinking into account of the history and uh, uh, looking at the chest X-ray, the, uh, admi- the, uh, the admission impression is that of a meconium aspiration syndrome complicated by uh, PPHN, uh, which was demonstrated by a differential saturation between the preductal and the postductal oximeter probe of more than 20
0: percent. Point of clarification. A diagnosis of PPHN is usually suggested by a sustained difference in pre- and post ductal oxygen saturation of greater than
1: 10%. And there is also right pneumothorax, which is a condition often associated with mecanium aspiration syndrome. Uh, when dealing with a baby with pulmonary hypertension, it is extremely important to have a careful cardiac echo assessment. Uh, Usually, we look uh, to uh, the shunt towards the ductus asteriosus
0: and the foramen ovale uh, which which could be
1: uh, bidirectional, but with a prominent right and left component, or exclusively right Left, and if we uh, have a short axis cut of the left ventricle, we would see a D shaped left ventricle because of the increase in the pressures in the right ventricle, which are displacing the interventricular septum to the left. With the use of cardiac echo, we can also calculate the pulmonary systolic pressure. Uh, this is we can uh, calculate the difference between the right ventricular pressure and the right atrial pressure with the application of the modified Bernoulli equation. So uh, this difference would be given by 4 times the square of the peak velocity of the tricuspid regurgitation jet, which we usually see in severe cases of PPHN. If we had to this value the right atrial pressure, which can be estimated by the central venous pressure, we have the pulmonary systolic pressure, uh, which is usually iso or suprasystemic. So uh, the findings and admission uh, at ECO are a normal anatomy with normal pulmonary venous return. So there isn't an obstruction. To, uh, total anomalous pulmonary venous return. The PDA is big with a right-left shunt. Uh, the right atrium is distended uh, with uh, a right-left shunt towards the uh, foramen ovale. DRV is dilated with a moderate tricuspid regurgitation. We have a D-shaped left ventricle and isosystemic pulmonary systolic pressures. So uh, everything is uh, saying to us that this baby has a severe pulmonary hypertension. The plan on admission is to place a chest drain, to start mechanical ventilation, to start therapy with a pulmonary vasodilating agent, and to tailor uh, the hemodynamic support to the needs of the baby.